0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Welcome to Auto Correct, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the autom- lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. Today, it's just an open topic Topic day. We're just going to be sitting around chatting, so we want you, we need you to call in, ask your questions, because I know you've got them. You know, one of them is, how long can you drive around with the check engine light? because I've been doing mine for a couple of years now. (laughs) Maybe your vehicle is getting older and you want to know if you need to change the oil type you use or if you just want to call and say hey to uh, Jay, Michelle, me, or Allison. We would love for you to call in today. It's Open Topic Day. Uh, Allison, uh, what's in your shop? What's been the last thing you've been working on in your shop recently?
2: Well, I had um, a Honda Odyssey that had serious valve cover gasket leaks, which caused the cylinder three misfire, um, basically oil getting down to where the spark plug was. And what had happened is someone had tried to repair it. They had hammered down on to get the oil seals out and messed up the valve cover. So we had to replace the valve covers and and the gaskets, and it ended up being kind of an expensive repair. But we got it, and it, it's running good now. One time
1: someone told me, if you have to fix something with a hammer and it doesn't involve a nail, you're doing it wrong.
2: Yeah, I agree. Especially <laughs> when it comes to bars. I mean, sometimes you hammer for certain things, but you certainly don't for what, what this um, person had done to it, so...
1: Well, I got think something. Right, we had the MDES guy uh, on our show the other week, and he reminded us of one of the observances this week is Motorcycle Safety Awareness Month for May. But then I checked online; it's also National Bicycle Safety Month, National Youth. Uh, traffic safety month national bike to work week that's this week and it's national unicycle week is also this week Uh, i think you know making sure you keep your eyes out as a driver for bicyclists and motorcyclists is something very important what do you have to say what's your opinion about that
3: um,
2: it's, it's actually, well, I, I was, um, uh, riding on a, a motorcycle a good bit last year as a passenger, and uh, I couldn't relax and enjoy myself. I was so nervous something was going to happen, and, and I ended up looking up statistics for having more accidents. Motorcyclists are in versus in vehicles, and it was like 32% higher chance of a, of an accident, and, and it just... You know, it's it's extremely unsafe, really, and um, I just I don't I don't want to ride anymore. It, it it pretty much has deterred me from wanting to. And I absolutely love riding motorcycles. I've I've ridden them first when I was like pretty young, and over the years I've ridden them periodically. My you know driven them myself or been a passenger, and you know I love them, but it's it's just extraordinarily dangerous.
1: With all the safety mechanisms that we have on our cars now, do not forget to use your eyes to check out to see if there are any motorcyclists, bicyclists, or unicyclists near you to keep you and all the rest safe. We've got an open topic show today. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. We are going to go to the phones and speak with Ken. Ken, thanks for calling in from Jackson. What is your comment or question today for Allison?
4: Hi. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. I really enjoy your show. I do a lot of traveling, and uh, you're one of the shows I want to catch every morning. But my question is is that because I do a lot of traveling, I have a vehicle that uh, is high mileage and and you made the comment about changing the oil after a certain mile type of oil and uh, what how many miles do you put on a car before you do change a different type of uh, uh, type of oil
2: well it's um, you look on the containers in the auto parts store when you go to get oil and it says at 75,000 miles it's considered a high mileage car. So you, that's when you would switch to the high mileage, and you would and you use the high mileage of whatever type of oil that you're um, recommended for your car. Or you can do like I did. My car is it's recommended conventional oil, but I use a synthetic blend, a high mileage synthetic blend, and uh, that is just a little bit better than the regular conventional oil. And um, you know, instead of going full synthetic, you know, versus going full synthetic. And, but if your car calls for conventional or full synthetic, you just use the high mileage version of that. So after 75,000 miles, a car is considered high mileage, at least by what the old oil makers um, recommend.
4: If you are, have a, your vehicle is not on synthetic, it, can you change, convert it to synthetic?
2: Uh, I don't really recommend it. Um, the engine wasn't made for that. Um, if it's a performance engine, it's it's different. You would want to do that, and and that's different. But if it's just an everyday car. What kind of car is it that you have?
4: It's a uh, Camry. It's a 2007 Camry.
2: Yeah. Uh, the what I would do is. Um, one little better oil, you can use the synthetic blend, but to go to full synthetic may actually cause it to leak a little bit, so you would, um, you want to just stick to the, the high mileage synthetic blend or conventional, and make okay. sure you change it on the recommended intervals.
4: Yes, I, I try to do that, sure do. All right, well, thank you very much.
2: You're welcome. Full
1: bank of calls. Let's now go to Wes in Oxford. Wes, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question for Allison, the lady auto mechanic?
0: Um, thanks for taking my question. Um, so, I actually have a 2003 Chevy Malibu that I bought, salvaged to kind of get me through college. And um, I'm trying to make it go as long as I can. But there's just this unique problem. I guess it's with the brakes. Um, I just had them replaced, and as soon as I got the car back, I started driving. and It makes this sort of like sh- 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 noise, um, and I just I wanted to know what that could possibly be, especially considering it, it happened like right after I got new brake pads put on the front wheels.
5: It
2: sounds like maybe there's um like a metal bracket that goes on like in, to hold the uh, help hold the. Brake pad in place, and maybe one of the pieces is bent and hitting your rotor or something like that. So, I would take it back to where you got it and tell them and let them fix it for you. Okay, check it
0: out. Yeah, and is that like a major issue, or is it? I mean, obviously, just go get it checked out, but there's probably not like something majorly wrong with the vehicle.
2: Honestly, I really wouldn't know unless I looked at it. Um, So, you know, it it could be something that was kind of serious, or it could be something that's not. So it just it just depends on what is actually causing that. And and because it's a rotational thing, it's it's kind of uh, maybe a few things that it could be. But um, so yeah, you you probably want to go ahead and, and get it checked out.
0: Okay. All right. Thanks.
2: You're welcome. Thank you, Wes. We are moving
1: right along to Mobile. We love our Alabama listeners. Thanks, Melinda, for calling
3: in. What's your comment or question for Allison? A question comment. Love this show. In fact, I've got uh, MPL on my uh, car all the time. My 2014 paid for Chevy Noble. I mean, uh, Chevy Noble. My father would kill me. Ford um, Focus. And um, so I've got... Really high mileage, $41,140. i have been nowhere and I go nowhere, right? Anyway, I'm a retired person. I just noticed on my um, system check, it's got um, two messages come up, and then it sort of changes to one message. I know I need an oil change. And, by the way, years ago I worked in a vocational system where they were teaching auto mechanics. They don't do that so much anymore in Alabama. But um, their teacher used to say, get your oil changed regardless of what you have and how old is whatever once every season and I always remember that because now i'm running the car and i don't have anybody to help me man i get it checked every season and if i get you know the system check message i know it's time or cast time so i have to get my oil changed and i don't have a problem with that but the other one that comes in says brake fault uh no brake light fault rear brake light fault is what it says that's gone on a couple of times and sometimes it pops up continually again although they have looked at the rear and the front brake lights and i mean the rear the rear brake lights and they don't see anything that would say it needs a replacement to uh you know a lamp so is this familiar i've never heard of that um you get, you can get false signals i'm thinking i'm learning <laughs> um I have no idea what could be
2: causing that, whether it be the switch or the computer itself or uh, the wiring to the brake lights. Right, right. That's something possibly that an automotive electrical shop might could look at for you, or a Chevy dealership. But um, no, well, it's a Ford, that
3: But that's, a, Ford that's okay. No, it's like a, like I say, I don't want to um, have them check that and have to pay for that because what it does is it comes on as two messages, and then boom, it changes to one message. And like I said, I can I can get the guys to do my oil change. It's just really one of those ten minute spots. But I still have have uh, regular checks every year, uh, and I, I also have car shield, which is great. So just to make sure that everything's okay, because I am, uh, you know, the only thing I really have to pay for is my five hundred dollar deductible when I have a wreck, which happens sometimes. Anyway, well, I can't well, think what I it is it either. So but well. I'll have them look at it again and make sure. I, maybe maybe when it's darker at night or something, and see what's recommended. One thing you could do is google the problem and see if it's
2: something that's common for your car and see if anyone else has fixed it. That oh yeah I'll yeah form. yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that's okay. a wonderful um, source and that's all I would do if I was having the problem with you know if it was my you, car. Do you know
3: do you have know of an app or do you do you just google uh and put in um and whatever you put car you problem would, with something? Uh, system google check problem exactly yeah you would you yeah you would google exactly what the the problem is um rear well, I'd be able to do that I was an English teacher for years I have to figure out the words so thank you so much. it's great talking okay. to you guys and I'm still listening all the time. thanks for listening.
1: We appreciate you listening uh melinda you know melinda had So many facets to her questions that we could do whole shows, and we have done some whole shows on when you should do oil changes, what type of oil you should use, how to find forums for your car. Uh, What are some other topics that jumped out at you from Melinda's question, Allison? Um, one of them is for,
2: to find the right place to work on your car and, like, knowing that that's kind of like an electrical problem. So there are shops specifically for automotive electrical problems that do diagnostics and repairs for that, and that's kind of the direction you'd want to go for that. Melinda was a
1: a, a great question that had – we could have done an entire show just talking about Melinda's car. If you've got a problem, send us your emails, auto at mpbonline.org. It's an open topic show today. We've already talked about high mileage cars, brake problems, oil changes, lights. Is your car under recall? We've got a list of ones that are, and man, it's an important one. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
4: contractor ever tell you of the price of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe i'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere
5: i'm jen white with npr
1: if you're fortunate enough to have collected a few classic cars over the years here's a thought Give them a new life by donating one or more to support this station. They'll be matched with interested buyers, collectors just like you who know a great car when they see one. You free up some space in the garage, the classic car gets a new home, and proceeds support this station. It's a win-win. Thanks in advance.
0: Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org.
1: You're listening to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill, and if you want even more AutoCorrect, please find our podcast. We're just on all those podcasting platforms that you might have on your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. Here are the recalls for the week, and it's another one of those, This Car Catches on Fire in the Garage. More than 440,000 model year 2013, 14, and 15 Kia Optima sedans and 2014 and 15 Sorento SUVs. There's a risk that brake fluid may leak inside the hydraulic electronic control unit, possibly resulting in an electrical short that could increase the risk of an engine compartment fire while parked or driving. Owners are advised to park outside and away from other vehicles and structures until that repair is completed. Dealers will install a new multifuse and inspect the hydraulic ECU for leaks, replacing it as necessary for free. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recalls and inputting your VIN number also find their safer car app it's an open topic show today our email address is auto at mpbonline.org we've got lots of calls so we're just going to go straight to it and we're going to go to morton and talk with diana diana thank you so much for calling into autocorrect today what's your comment or question for allison
2: Oh, I just have a very quick comment and uh, basically a PSA to say that, like, right now uh, on all of our little calm, you know, country highways, um, it is turtle crossing time. So, like, box turtles, map turtles, red slider, redder sliders, you know, I mean, they're crossing our, our little highways right now trying to breed. So, like, you know, when you guys are going down these, like, you know, 55-mile-an-hour highways, you know, and you see something in the road, you just might want to be a little bit more conscious that, like, that thing in the road might be a turtle. And you might just want to, you know, take a second to, you know, you know, just, just be conscious of it and, and try to avoid it. That's all. Fantastic. That's Thank you, Diana. I noticed, um, and I had posted on my Facebook too. The there uh, past couple of days, I've seen a couple of snakes crossing the road. I don't know if they're in the in the same uh, mode and what they're doing, but I don't know. it just uh, I hadn't seen snakes in the road in years, and then just recently I saw a couple of them. So I don't uh, maybe look out for those too. Um, snakes, whether they're venomous or not, are very, very good for the environment. They kill unwanted rodents and that sort of thing, so um, they're very good. Well, I learned the hard
1: way. There was something in the road, and I thought, oh, I could just straddle this. Well, it turned out it was a ladder, and I did not have enough clearance to straddle it, and it got caught under my car, and I had to pull over, and then I had engine trouble the next day, so don't straddle things don't don't try to don't aim for it don't hit it with your tires if there is something in the road you need to stay away from it living breathing sharp whatever squishy whatever it is stay away from it if it's in the middle of the road let's go to DeSoto county and talk to les les thank you so much for calling into autocorrect today what's your comment or question for allison
5: uh, good morning, ladies. I do have a quick question for your car doctor. Um, my spare car is an old Saturn 2004 Ion, and it, it, I take it out every weekend just to um, get the fluid running through it. Is it? Go- I I don't have any service history for this this vehicle. Um, is it likely to need a transmission flush anytime soon? Because I'm beginning to hear a little bit of a whine from the transmission.
2: Wine could be the power steering pump, but um, for everyone, excuse me, excuse me, everyone listening, that if you don't know um, on your whether your fluids need changed or not, they probably do. If you don't have any record of that, and um, on transmissions, you you generally don't want to do a flush but you want to do a drain and fill. And um, some of them have dipsticks. Uh, a lot of them don't these days. So if you can check it at the dipstick and see the condition of it, um, what you can do to know whether that's good or not is to maybe maybe watch some videos on it or uh, kind of get an idea of of what you're looking at and how to tell if, it's, if it needs replaced or not. And um, so, more than likely, it's, it would be good to go ahead and, and and do it. And that's something you generally want to do, like every fifty thousand miles, on transmission fluid. But with as far as whining, it, it could be your transmission, but it could be your power steering pump too, which will whine as you as you drive around. It'll whine. So, um, so that's a possibility.
5: Okay, I will. I will take care of that. Thank you, ladies, and. Uh, thanks for the call, doctor, and uh, have a great day.
1: Thank you, you too. Thank you, Les. We appreciate you calling in. Let's go to Mary, who's called in to, from Tate County. Mary, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question?
2: I have a
3: 2005 Chrysler
2: town and country. A couple of years ago, I began to notice that when I would fill up with gas and I would uh, start to drive it would sputter a bit Uh, one time it actually went dead and i had to re-crank it so i just quit filling entirely up and that solved the problem well i forgot this past week and i filled it up it did not sputter but my gas gauge is no longer
3: working wow
2: um, now, now it has that little control thing that tells you how many miles you have left to drive on the gas, but the actual gas gauge is stuck on full. Hmm. Um. Well, it. Do you have a check engine light on? I'm assuming you don't, but it. No, there's no. There are no warning uh, lights on. Okay. Um, something fishy is going on with your system. Um, with it being a, a, a Chrysler product, it's yeah. Um, you, there's there's so many electrical different gremlins that I've heard of over the years with them. Um, and 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 Liz and I talk about it a good bit. But what could be going on is that your emissions system that handles the vapors that come from your fuel tank is acting up. I'm surprised it's not setting off a check engine light, though, but um, that could be what, like, when it's full, when you fill your tank up all the way, that it had caused, like, a um, some sort of mess up in that system that, that caused your engine to not run correctly. Um, it's kind of like having an open vacuum leak if it's not acting right. That's one thing that could be happening. Um, the, with a gauge being stuck in the full position, on your fuel pump is a float that um, it's measured in ohms on how it reads and tells your gas gauge if it, how full or not your car is what level of gas is that and perhaps that has gotten stuck okay so th- this may be a situation where you have to have someone um go in there and and pull out your your fuel pump and check that lever with it has a little float on the end of it so lever uh-huh. and, and see if that's what's going on um so it's it's that's something I'm I'm not real sure exactly where it starts out, but that's kind of an idea of what along the lines of what you should be thinking of what's going on with it. Um, you know that's that might be something that takes a little bit of figuring out to to get correct. Well, is not this di- is before. this is this digital display dependable? Way it tells me, say I've got 216 miles to empty. I would actually just have to test that out myself okay Okay. like for instance when you get your fill up your tank where you have that gauge going which is automatic set your tripometer and clear out your trip a or b or whatnot have it on zero and see how far you go until the next fill up and see if it's Okay. Yes, That's what that what that is saying you know and that okay, that, that way to that, check it for yourself and see the accuracy um uh, it when i fill up next time is that li- likely to shake things up enough that that gauge would work again
3: with the float
2: um uh, maybe maybe okay. but it's uh yeah i don't know maybe you get lucky and it would uh, um, do—they tend to have weird, glitchy <laughs> electrical problems, and it may be something that it does—it just—it just, it just happened this one time. It, maybe okay. it, you can get what's well, the case.
1: Okay. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Mary. We appreciate you calling in. Our email address where you can send us a question is auto at mpbonline.org it's an open topic show today what's in the news i'll tell you next you're listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio
0: the information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of mississippi public broadcasting The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns.
4: Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker.
1: Slowly, we started, you know, picking these turtles up and saving them. I'll
4: stop traffic, grab one out of the road.
1: And then our friends found out and our vet would call
4: us. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi
1: on Mile Marker. We are now a full-fledged, non-profit turtle rescue.
4: You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast
1: Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker is the lady auto mechanic, our expert. I'm Liz Gill. We hope that you've downloaded our app. For your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app, in addition to being able to listen to our show anywhere in the world on the MPB Public Media app, you can also click the support button and make a contribution because contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and for others to enjoy. Thank you so much for all of our contributors to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. All right, in the news, lots of Ford truck news. The We've seen President Biden was driving around in an electronic Ford pickup truck, but then also the Ford F-150 production will halt again for two weeks because the chip shortage has worsened. And when it resumes, Ford won't build nearly as many as it wants to. Have Have you had any? You don't deal with chips too much in your repair business,
2: do you, Allison? No, but um, was, as and uh, Rico, my coworkers, um, have talked about repairing motherboards and, yes, you know, um and, so that's one thing they talked about and then another thing they have talked about is replacing some of like the little mini computers that for instance that were like a security I know for one when I started working there Rico was working on a Mercedes that had a security issue and it had locked the steering column and there was like a computer under there that he had to find software to hack it to get it to work correctly was very interesting.
1: <laughs> and all that goes on at the AG Automotive Group, and we always have a link to that in the show notes for this page. Hey, it's open topic day today. So far, we've talked about high-mileage oil. We're talking about getting your brakes done. We've talked about turtle crossings. Whatever you want to talk about today, that's what we're doing, and we've got a full bank of calls. So we're going to go to Hattiesburg and talk with Nick. Nick, thanks so much for calling into Autocorrect today. What's your comment or question?
0: Thanks for having me today. While I was here just watching a YouTube video on how to change an oil filter on a 2014 uh, Toyota Prius when my wife walked in and said, you know what? The lady mechanic is on the radio, so you should call and ask. So my question is about a 2014 Prius. I was thinking about changing the oil on it myself. Uh, I've done such a thing on our Dodge Caravan, but I've never done it on the Prius because I feel a little unfamiliar with that oil filter housing. I was just wondering if you had any advice.
2: Um, I've done a few Toyotas that you you actually have to get a oil filter tool from Toyota. You can't get an aftermarket one. You have to get the one from Toyota. It won't work because I, I tried an aftermarket um, and I think the later Priuses do have that weird filter set up. Um, on my Prius, is two thousand nine. It's just a regular filter, you know. I just take it off with the filter wrench. But um, so you're saying the filter on that is that that um, where it's in the filter housing, and you take off the uh, cap to get to it?
0: Correct. I know.
2: Okay. Yeah, you want to get that tool from from Toyota and um, and. All right. And use that to get it. When when you do that, you know, follow instructions. Be careful, but you want to try not to break that housing. And it may be good to put a little penetrant around it and let it sit for a minute before you try to take it off. uh, Penetrating oil. But, But other than that, yeah, go for it. It's um, it's the same as any other car.
0: All right. Thank you so much.
2: You're welcome. Thank you,
1: Nick. We're glad you called in. Let's go to Wayne, who is driving very carefully on the road, I'm sure. Wayne, what's your comment or question for Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic?
5: I've got a question for Allison. I've got a 2000 Buick LeSabre, the 3.8 liter engine in it, a Series 2, and. I go get a diagnostic check for this light that I've got on and it always says the same thing that I've got an EGR valve that I got problems with. The issue is I've got a toolbox full of those EGRs and it hasn't corrected it yet.
2: You need, um some further diagnostics done like Maybe it's in the wiring or maybe the hose, I don't explain that, the pipe that goes to the EGR valve has gotten clogged up. Another thing it could be is that the passageways from where the EGR goes into the intake, the exhaust gases that go through there and into the intake manifold where it's getting re-burned into the system is what it's doing have gotten clogged up so it's not actually your EGR
5: valve it's something else. So let's uh, go about the EGR code. Yeah, well, you know I've tried cleaning that but I would obviously I was not successful if you think that's probably what it is. The other thing I probably should tell you I've got 400,678 400, miles on this car and uh, I've been using high-mileage oil for, I don't know, a good many of those years and those miles. And uh, I just wonder if if, if, if what I should – I have no problem with the transmission. I have no problem with the engine. But I just wonder if I should do something different or if I should just hang in there with the, – with the what I use is a is high-mileage tin oil. And uh, should I do anything to that with the amount of miles that I've got on this car?
2: I wouldn't change anything. Sounds like you know exactly what you're doing <laughs> to keep that car going that long. Um, is it the original engine and motor or have they, uh, transmission and motor, or have they been rebuilt?
5: No, neither one of them has been rebuilt. But I'll tell you one thing. I am the guy that service a car like the manual says service it. And uh, I just got back on a, like, 400-mile trail with this car without any problem. And I drive this car from Tennessee to Mississippi every week, back up to Tennessee and down to Mississippi. And I've not had a lick of problem with this car. And I like it better than a new Chevrolet that I bought trying to save
2: $4,000. That's uh,
5: that's something else. So what about this? You think that I should try to clean that the intake, or that if I should try to clean the, the intake part where the where the EGR sits on top of the engine? Should I take the EGR off and and, and, and clean it that way, or is there a way to do that?
2: You can try, or you may see about getting a new intake manifold which may be a little pricey, but um, then you have a a perfectly new, clean one um, and have it installed. Um, If you could get one in a car that old, I'm not sure if you could. But, yeah, taking the EGR valve off and shooting, like, carb cleaner or auto body cleaner in there and and uh trying to clean out that way maybe sticking a brush down in there if you can that may help i mean it's it's worth a try
5: yeah and uh, one of the things that may be and like i say i go to old riley's or place like that for a diagnostic i went one time to the to the buick place for a diagnostic and they charged me 87 dollars for it and uh i still had the same problem <laughs> So, but one other thing happened about oh, I'd say maybe a thousand miles ago, more or less. I started to crank the car, and it backfired on me. And I was wondering if something could have happened to the catalytic converter. I've got the original catalytic converter on it, and everything pretty much is original on the car except for the EGR valve. I've changed that EGR. I don't know three or four times. You think the catalytic uh, converter did?
2: Well, if it's running fine, you're okay, and it maybe something happened. But um, so as long as it's running good, I, I wouldn't worry I'd worry about that um, too much. And with the EGR acting up, like if it's something you can't seem to figure out, and it just leaves that check engine light on. As long as the vehicle's running good, I maybe maybe it's just something that would be hard to fix, you know, or hard to track down what's going on. Yeah. Um you know, so it may you know, it may just wanna
5: drive it and um you know, keep rolling. Well I fixed the uh, I fixed the light so it wouldn't shine in my eyes. I used some electrician tape and put on it. <laughs> I I know that's not the proper way to fix it, but it works. All right, I appreciate the information. Have a good day.
1: You too. Thank you, Wayne. Yeah, I don't know about covering up the uh, emergency light, if that's the best way to fix it. Even I know covering up the emergency light is not going to fix it. It's an open topic day. We have been talking about turtle crossings. We've been talking about changing the oil on a Prius. We've been talking about brakes. And we are taking your car repair questions now. You can send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. Oh, Allison. I saw the front of this video that uh, Casey Williams is doing. It'll going to make you dig in the piggy bank. But man, in the video, he's got his Ray-Bans on in the convertible, and he looked cool. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. <laughs> There's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. Well, The car we have this week looks like a concept car, but drives like a first-rate luxury car. It's the 2021 Lexus
4: LC 500 convertible. And the exterior looks really flamboyant. And the wide fenders, 21-inch wheels, Lexus's big spindle grille, and triple LED headlamps. But you definitely will mistake it for nothing else on the road. You move inside. It looks like Coach designed the interior. Just beautiful leather everywhere, nice wide seats, heated and ventilated, has a Mark Levinson audio system, heads-up display, and a full array of crash avoidance systems. Underneath the hood, a 5-liter V8 delivering 471 horsepower, you got a 10-speed automatic transmission. Fuel economy is not that bad for a car like this, 15 miles per gallon in the city, 25 on the highway. But just set the car in comfort mode, just relax, and enjoy a long drive. So a car like this, as you might imagine, is not going to be inexpensive. Pricing starts at $101,000 for the convertible. This one all
1: in, $112,420. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to Auto Correct on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. After our broadcast, it's 11 a.m.'s Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Liz Gillen. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. It's open topic, and we have covered tons of things, and we've got a couple more to get to. Let's go to our friend Chico in Oxford. Chico, we're always excited when you call in. What's your comment or question for Allison today?
6: I want to say this is not a prank call. I'm I'm going to do this to this car. I just want Allison to tell me the best way to do it, if, if what I'm going to do is the correct way to do it. I got the opportunity to buy a 1992 Oldsmobile 98 and for $500, and it runs fantastic. I can't believe I haven't driven a car since the early aughts. I got a big old work van and truck, and I, bought this. I went ahead and bought the car because sometimes I use the van and, and truck when it's empty, and I'm not even using it for work to keep from putting miles on them. And this car is a whole lot of fun to drive. It's like driving a big old land yacht. And we all know that Coach Lane Kiffin is going to lead the Ole Miss Rebels to an undefeated 2021 football season and the national championship. And I want to celebrate early. This car has a couple of it looks like sun bleached spots on the hood and trunk. But other than that, it's, it's all real smooth. It's actually smooth on the hood and trunk, too and I plan to paint it Ole Miss colors and um, paint some words on it about the football season. And what I plan to do is just get some buckets of paint and a brush and go to town. Uh, The paint that's on it, it's it's in good shape, and, of course, it's automobile paint. Do I need to prime it, or is there a special kind of paint I need to get to paint it with? And, again, Uh I'm going to use a brush on it.
2: Uh-oh. Uh oh. I'm not a body girl or paint girl. So I don't have hardly any experience in those areas. Uh, you might want to Google this and look up. Okay. uh See if maybe there's some. Um, I have. If I have no idea. Their I'm, car I'm sure or there. Was way. there was, Right, if there's, like, some YouTube videos or something like that. Your other option would just walk up to an auto body shop and ask them, you know, um, and see if they'd be nice enough to kind of help guide you to it. And I, I think they would, you know.
6: Especially if they're Ole fans.
2: Exactly right. Um, so you know they're going to be rooting for you to get it done. And <laughs> what a what a wild thing to do. But um, so that I that wish Earl Scheib was helpful. still around. <laughs> remember Earl Shive? Uh yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: That was that was the coolest car advertising ever. Well, I'll send y'all a picture when I get the job done.
1: And Chico, I uh, am one to always appreciate artistic endeavor, but if you did want to go a little bit fancy, we've been trying to get a guy who does the vinyl uh, wraps on. You might, uh, if you wanted a professional etched design, you might just see about getting a, a wrap just put on the hood.
6: Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I'm
6: going I'm going to I'm going to paint this thing up and I'm looking forward to the fun of painting, you know, and 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 painting words on it. What I used to work as a sign painter. And uh, I ain't even told y'all what I'm going to put on the roof sticking up, but I I'll, I'll, I'll get back to that later.
1: To be Thank continued and we want to put the pictures on our uh, on our show, so you keep us posted, okay? okay. All right, I will. Thanks y'all. Thanks. All right, we have just enough time for Jim from Jackson. Jim, we're so glad you've held on. What's your comment or question for Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic?
4: I have an oil question. I drive a 2013 GMC Terrain, 157,000 miles, and use a 5-weight, 30-weight synthetic oil, Mobil 1. But I see that they have a Mobil 1 way 30 30-weight that's for high-mileage vehicles. What would be in that oil that's not in the regular 5-weight, 30-weight synthetic oil? It looks like the viscosity is the same, but is there an additive or something like that that makes it appropriate for high-mileage vehicles?
2: What they do for the high-mileage blends on oil is they add conditioners to it that actually make your seals expand like your crankshaft uh, oil seal and your camshaft oil seals expand um, and your transmission your rear main seal and so those will um, expand a little just helps keep it from leaking at higher mileage so that's that's the difference and it's it's uh, good stuff really good stuff
4: do you recommend I use that type of oil in an older vehicle? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jim. We appreciate you calling in. Allison, we have one and a half minutes left. What's the status of autocross in Mississippi
2: of this week? Uh, it 's not good it 's not looking good uh, i 'm going to Louisiana for two days to race this weekend um, in Westland row and uh, there'll be some footage that I post about that and everything but in mississippi we we uh, it 's it's not looking good it 's just not
1: looking good all right um, with the recent gas shortage, not a shortage scare, not a scare we want to remind folks it's always a good idea to drive with your car with at least half filled with gas in case there's a problem then you won't be in an emergency need what are some good reasons to keep your tank more than half full allison
2: from a mechanics
1: point of view well um
2: you you at least you don't wanna run it low all the time um that can burn out your fuel pump eventually and uh it pick up like the bottom debris that's that's at the bottom of the tank and and clog up your system so uh you can keep it at least a quarter tank or more full and not let it go below that that's that's what I would recommend is sufficient. Um, and you know, help it run good. When when you run it low back to back, it can cause problems. Allison, you're a gem.
1: Uh, MPB is so lucky to have you. That's wrapping us up for today's AutoCorrect. Our call screener today has been Jay White, and our board engineer is Michelle McAdoo. For Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as herself, Allison Walker, or The Lady Auto Mechanic, and you can find information about AQ, I'm C, AG Automotive Group, I'm Liz Gill. Thank you so much for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.